Podcast 14.28. Don't look at the runtime. It's just all me making eggs with Dave. Continually threatened to have a podcast in the middle of the summer that's just me and Dave making scrambled eggs. This is not that podcast, um, I'm, but it could have been. We can, we can be. There's a there's there's a kitchen right here. We could, you know. Yes, we are at venue, but yeah. I think Thad will kill us if we try to do anything in his kitchen. <laughs> hey, we're coming here to make eggs. David turns the thing up to like full temperature and like throws them on his, yeah, his hands. Like, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do it, but this is actually a midsummer re- recruiting podcast because it kind of feels like Michigan's done ish, getting close. Uh, so I'm Brian Cook. I'm Seth Fisher. I'm Alex Drain, and this is the MGo Blog Podcast. I'd like to talk about our sponsors now. Thank you to Underground Printing for making this all possible. Rishi and Ryan have been our biggest supporters from the beginning. Check out their wide selection of officially licensed Michigan fan gear at their three store locations in Ann Arbor or learn about their custom apparel business at undergroundshirts.com. We'd also like to thank our associate sponsors, Peak Wealth Management, Homeshire Lending, Ann Arbor Elder Law, Michigan Law Grant, Human Element, the Phil Klein Insurance Group, Venue by 4M, we are, where we are recording this, and the Nosebleeds, which is the Sklar Brothers reboot of Cheap Seats on UFC Fight Pass. All right. So before we actually get into the people in the class, there is sort of a thousand-foot view. Mm-hmm. We should probably address Michigan's class ranks fourth right now. Um, they're still in on Aaron Scott, the Ohio cornerback, and, and Gatlin, Gatlin Blair? Bear. Uh, who's the speedster wide receiver out of Idaho, who's really a member of the 2026 class since he's going to go on a two-year Mormon mission. And they'll probably pick up some – Cornerback, like, uh, like a cornerback here and there. <laughs> another safety. And yeah. clearly, they clearly want another wide receiver. So, but those the wide receiver is likely going to be some three star who they like his senior film that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> sort of a Vincent Gray situation, uh, who was a cornerback who was an in-state cornerback who they picked up late, went on to be a seventh round draft pick, not a bad pickup. Um, but so they're currently fourth in the rankings. They will drop from there. Um, yeah, they started first at one point, and everyone got excited. But it was first because we had twenty guys in the class, and the next class had like ten guys. Yeah, and if you look at the like per recruit averages that twenty four seven has, it looks pretty much like you know an, a good to little better average Michigan ish class. It's a Lloyd Carr class right now. I mean, it's a bunch of four stars, and you know, but there is guys they believe. I in. think a key difference in is that they took twenty six kids this year, mm-hmm. and. They took about that number last year, and if you look at this roster, the idea that the 85 scholarship limit has any application at all is completely out the window. Yeah, they're at 96, I think, right now. Right, and yeah. so it looks like they're trending towards having, quote-unquote, 
100 to 105 scholarships every year, which is a potential differentiating factor for Michigan because we're never going to recruit at the level of an Alabama or a Georgia Mm -hmm. or probably an Ohio State, although Ohio State's recruiting doesn't look quite as good as if you you look at the distribution of their stars because it's all wide receivers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what it looks like Michigan is doing is that they're taking – they're going to have another 15 to 20 guys on the roster who aren't like flyers. Like almost everybody in this class is either a four star or has a good story about why they would exceed their ranking. Yeah. Um, so they're not just, you know, headed in to like pick the number 15 guy out of Michigan. Those extra 15, 20 guys are going to be ranked, you know, 250, 300, 350. And with Ben Herbert around, you're going to get hits out of that group. And so Michigan is, I think, in a position where they're not going to recruit at quite at that level of like the super elite, but they they have a really good, I think, compensatory strategy where they're going to take the kind of four stars that they can get and develop them, and then nil the ones like who end up in the Blake Corum, Zach Sinter, Trevor Keegan territory to keep them on campus. Yeah, and that's how. I think you kind of maintain this run. Yeah, if you, you get add, an extra year out of a guy, you're you're right. you're adding half a star basically. Yeah, and then you know, I think that they are going to be in a position to take runs at guys like Bryce Underwood. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll have the collectives in space, and they're going to know that certain guys need upfront money mm-hmm. because they're I don't know the number three prospect in the 2025 class, and they're going to be able to selectively compete with difference makers. And so I think that's where we are this year. And last year, you know, everybody is panicked. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're in a much better spot this year. Yeah. The expanded roster really helps Michigan. And obviously, the expanded roster helped Michigan before they made the 85 limit. Right? That was a, one of the reasons they had the limit in the first place is Michigan was stockpiling players. One thing it allows you to do, first of all, it just gets more scholarships to more guys. So more people are going to college on football scholarships, right. which is not a bad thing. You know, in retrospect, the whole like... <laughs> Scholarship limit is one of the most immoral things that the NCAA has ever done. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you can't go to college for free. Yeah. All, all it did is it grabbed a bunch of Division II schools and turned them into Division I schools because, you know, they, there weren't enough scholarships to go around. So UCF gets to have a – that's not a good example. USF gets to have a, a Division I football team. But the uh, for Michigan, it's always been better to be able to grab more guys, and especially this Michigan, because you're not going to hit on everybody. Right. So if you take six edges instead of three every year, and uh, some of them are like very high ceilings, a couple of them will hit, a couple of them won't hit. The guys who don't hit, they still get a degree in three years or something, and then they go somewhere else yeah. and do something. You know, we have Charlotte now as our uh, as, as a place we can send a guy down. Well, and also, I mean, we've had this sort of recent news item from Ben St. Juice saying that he was basically finessed off the team. Mm-hmm. Something that personally. I can see how he believes that, but given the state of Michigan's roster at that time, I remember like Ben St. Juice leaving the team, and I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you remember like Ambry Thomas had colitis, and that was our only cornerback. Right. And so I, I kind of feel like I understand why he feels like that, but I feel like Michigan probably just didn't think he was – because he, he, he said he had like six hamstring pulls. Yeah. And his dad went off on Harbaugh. Right. And it's just like, well, I mean, if you, I mean – if you have six hamstring pulls, like, I mean, and I think that was pre 
Herbert, if I'm Yeah, I think yes. it was pre-Herbert. Yeah. So hopefully that kind of stuff won't happen in the future. But the other effect of essentially not having a scholarship limit anymore is that there's no reason to even try to get a guy off the team. Yeah. Because like, if he wants to stay and he thinks he can, he can fight through this, although maybe going to Minnesota was better for him because he was able to – get healthy in a way that didn't seem well, like it was Well, I mean, his story was he actually went down the street and got healthy in a place in Ann Arbor and then tried to come back, and he'd already they'd already filled his scholarship spot. Well, that's not going to happen anymore. Right. So, I mean, that's probably the best side effect of the Wild West we've got going on right now is that this whole song and dance about who can be on a football team and who can't be on a football team is so, so, so reduced. Yeah. I mean, the only... The only one who's hurt by this system, by basically going back to an old older system, is smaller schools who used to benefit from guys who just couldn't get a scholarship at another school, and then like you know they they pick them up. But there's still plenty of football players out there. And yeah. so what happens yeah, now is not, I think you're going to see like Michigan's going to have a big roster every year. They're also going to be sending a bunch of dudes to other schools because mm-hmm. they're like, okay, I took my shot here. It doesn't look like playing time is going to happen. Now I want to play. Right. So. Hill Green, the very Charlotte, Charlotte guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think Filianga is a good pitch for offensive linemen too. True. Right? Yeah. Come in, learn from a factory, and then if you don't have a spot here, you can go be the best lineman at another school. Yeah, yeah. a school that actually did pretty well doing the things that Chuck Filianga did. He get drafted, or was he UDFA? UDFA. He was UDFA. Yeah. But they're um. And also, if you notice, you look around college football, I think there's three starting quarterbacks, not including in Michigan, who uh, who went to Michigan, who are starting for Division One teams this year. Well, it's Bowman and McNamara. Who's the third? Um, it was a walk-on that we had who, like, blew up in an FCS school. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, I'm trying to think. Is there, is there another guy? Anyway, that's there's a lot of, you know, you come here, you get – Perfect. You get good coaching. You get the degree, right? Mm-hmm. And as long as Michigan is giving that degree, I'm okay as with. As long as people are earning that degree, Seth, <laughs> they're earning the they're earning the degree. I know they're earning the degree. Uh, Michigan but, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all right. As long as, but like the, that's the deal, right? You want to sign up here. Yeah. We're going to give you your best shot. We're going to give you our, you know our best shot. We're going to train you. We're going to get you as good as we can. You get your degree. Worst case scenario, you're out of here in three years with a Michigan degree in hand, and we're still rooting for you wherever you go. And you've been Ben Herberted, right? Right, right. So that's a good thing we can offer. It doesn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like answer people who don't even exist, so <laughs> who are like mad about I, this. System. I guess it kind of <laughs> feels like there's a plan. Yeah, like Michigan has a thing. They have this program culture that seems like. It's there. Yeah. It's finally there. And they have a recruiting strategy that I think is going to keep them at or near the top of college football. Except one piece. Which is what? NIL. Well, I mean, I think they're going to get their act together on that. They're they're getting closer, but I think there's another step still. Yeah, there's still another step. And I think Bryce Underwood is going to be the real litmus test. Mm -hmm. He's an in-state quarterback. He loves Kirk Campbell. I mean, Jaden Davis is not as formidable as – like he's not a guy who you – don't think you can beat out, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, and because of the free transfer, it's like, okay, I could take my shot here. But he's the number three overall prospect in the 2025 class. It's going to take some upfront cash to get that done. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And I think that's going to be the real the real situation. That well, I mean. Like, the, okay, is this what we're going to. How much can they raise is the question. I. That's not the question. 
You don't think so? <laughs> that is not the question. Because they're out there trying to get money, and they they came in well under what they were hoping to get out of this. Well, I mean, I think there's going to be a, a, a moment where they go to the various guys. Uh-huh. They go to Stephen Ross, and they're like, all right, just put up or shut up time with this kid. And so we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not saying that that's going to get done, but I think that if Bryce Underwood is like, okay, I want to come here. Mm-hmm. But I got a number from another school, and I can't turn that down. Is Michigan going to rise to that occasion? Yeah. We'll see. That's kind of the open question, but now we're going to turn to the actual kids in this class, starting with Jaden Davis, a one-time five-star who's dropped to 76 in the 24-7 composite. Now there are some uh, extenuating circumstances. I don't want to get too into this. No, it's it, it's kind of a it's it's one of those things that happens in recruiting. Yeah, but there's been like some back and forth between Sam Webb and EJ Holland of on three. And in any case, I think there's good reason to believe that there are some rankings out there that are not entirely based on talent. On the other hand, he did go to the Elite Eleven. Um, there were some conflicting reports about how well he was doing. Um, but guys like Bruce Feldman, mm-hmm. who doesn't have any skin in this game, um, guys like, uh, was it Dane Brugler? Was he there? I don't remember. There were a couple of really independent talent evaluators who were there, and they kind of ranked Jaden Davis in the middle of the pack. Yeah, although uh, Devin Gardner's at Wolverine Weekend. He's talking to Sam Webb, and Sam asked him, like, how can you put Jaden Davis last in your event? Because, you know, Gardner was one of the quarterback coaches at that thing. And he goes... Well, man, I I knew what I was like, and I knew what this kid's like, and I'm if I made him first, because he outperformed the other guy he was going against, but if I made him first, he wouldn't want it, and he wouldn't be mad, and I wanted him mad. I want him to come to me and say, what can I work on? I'll I'll try to find the like a link uh-huh. to this recording, but it was it was Devin Gardner being very Devin Gardner, mm. um, but. That's the, the thing about Jaden Davis. He's not the kind of guy that you're expecting to go and just like take a big picture of this guy, right? He's not an he's odd, not Joe Milton. Yeah, he's not the first guy off the bus. He is a um, minus the crazy parts Tate Forcier. He's a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want Tate Forcier minus the crazy parts. The crazy parts were like a big. He's like the manic pixie dream quarterback. Okay, but there's a few. There's a little bit of of, of crazy parts, but like maybe not. To right. the, yeah. So he's a guy who performs better in actual game environments than the Elite Eleven. Also, for many years, yeah, I have been dumping on the Elite Eleven as like a format for scouting anything. Right. You get three, you know, three passes, and then it's the next guy's right. turn. Yeah. It's like, and, oh, yeah, this guy like, can throw a forty-yard like pass. The Elite Twenty now. Uh huh. So the amount of throws you get are even uh, fewer. And I think it is important that Jaden Davis, the the things that came out of the Elite 11 that were positive about Jaden Davis were 7-on-7. Seven seven, yeah. Which is much closer to actual football than thrown in, you know, T-shirts. And, and this guy was first in his class when the first rankings came out. Now, the first rankings are the worst first rankings of all time because it was the 2020 COVID, season, yeah. and these are, like, the kids who just finished their freshman year <laughs> that season, right? So, like, most of the country didn't even play football that year, or they didn't – and no one got any scouting because no one was traveling. Um but the reason he was so high is because he was – I think he led his team to a state championship as uh, – you know, when he right. stepped, first stepped on the field. And he's like the guy who completes 73% of his passes. Yeah. And, and at some point – And that matters. Like percentage matters in high school. I mean that's the one thing that really pops off about 
certain guys. Like I, the infamous guy from back in the day. You were too young for this, Alex. <laughs> but there was a guy named Robbie Shanehoft. Okay. Who <laughs> both Michigan and Ohio State were after. And he completed like 43% of his passes. And Ohio State got him. It was a big recruiting victory. And you've never heard the name Robbie Shanehoff before because <laughs> he was a huge bust. And that's the whole thing that people were worried about with Milton too. Mm-hmm. Milton came in and he had a terrible completion percentage despite having a rocket arm. And I think we saw that during his Michigan career. And maybe now that he's a six-year senior at Tennessee, he's finally developed to the point where you know he might be a good college quarterback. But – Contrast that with J.J. McCarthy, right? who completed like 75% of his passes as a junior. Yeah. And there's only two ways to do that. There's one, you running the Rutgers offense, and you're only passing it to the line of scrimmage and maybe beyond mm-hmm. every once in a while. Or you're a solid college quarterback. And I think given the fact that you, you have um, two of his Providence Day receivers who are D1 prospects – we know that it's not the Rutgers option, right? Yeah. We've seen his tape. Like, he's going downfield a lot, and he's highly accurate. So I think that – like, I'm not expecting Jaden Davis, I guess, to be a five-star at this point because we do have a thing on this blog is mm-hmm. when we talk about recruits, there's two things. Often people who rise don't rise enough, mm-hmm. Mason Graham, mm-hmm. and often people who fall don't fall enough yeah. because people want to believe that those initial rankings had some validity when they don't. Yeah. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is another great example of a guy who didn't rise enough. Right. So when a guy starts moving, I'm always like, that move should probably be larger. Yeah, but you always have to pay attention to the to how the deltas are moving. On three is dropping him, but 247 isn't. And we do generally stand 24-7 as like yeah. the best in class in terms of scouting. And also, a lot of this move is based on the Elite 11, which is like, yeah, the stupid thing to base your evaluations on. Well, and there's and there's also recruiting gravity. If you're the first overall in your class two years ago, you're going to end up probably like fiftieth. Well, and you're because other kids get discovered, other guys pop up. That's more know? likely for someone who's fiftieth to drop to like one twenty five. Yeah, the guys that, like Bryce Underwood probably isn't going to be dropping yeah. that much. No, but the like it's typical for the the top five guys in the initial who list was, to be top twenty five. There was some Alabama recruit who it's like yeah. Here's a picture of him. He's a sophomore in high school, and he just looks like Iron Man. <laughs> like he looks like he's wearing the suit, and he's just a person. And like that guy's not dropping. So uh-huh. A lot of the guys at the top of those rankings that come out real early are just the genetic freaks who there's one of them in a class. Yes, but then other kids hit puberty in their class. And like, and, Jaden Davis yeah. is not that guy. He's not Iron Man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a gamer. He's a guy who's got a really good track record as a passer. And so <clears> – <throat> I mean, even though 24-7 hasn't dropped him, I, I do think it's probably more accurate to regard him as the back of the top 100 guy. I think the question is more, J.J. goes to the NFL this year. Are we going to have a true freshman starter next year? I mean, it's really up to Alex Orgy and Davis Warren, probably. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can NIL him. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right, moving on. Michigan picks up their biggest head-to-head battle against Ohio State since uh, – Scott Burgess. Charles Woodson? <laughs> no, I, this, I mean, because he was a borderline five-star. When's yeah. the last time we won one? I, Prescott Burgess is a good example. Sean Crable was ranked highly. Yeah, well, still, that's the same era. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just playing names some dudes. Cause. Well, they pick up Jordan Marshall out of Cincinnati, a top 100 back who's since dropped a little bit. Um, but a guy who... He's rising back up a little bit. Though. Yeah, is he? Yeah. A guy yeah. who is a head-to-head 
OSU-Michigan recruiting battle that Michigan won kind of planted their flag there. And he's a running back, right? So if there's any position where you're looking about at it and you're like, "Ah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to go to Ohio State. Is running back. Mm -hmm. Possibly offensive lineman if you're not a finesse left tackle. We'll get to the offensive lineman because there's a – yeah. And – so it is. It does make sense, but it is also a thing where we just haven't seen this kind of thing happen in a long time. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that like Michigan, I think, had two guys they're going after. They're going after Taylor Tatum, who's probably like the number two or number one overall running back yeah. in the country. <clears throat> and like people were saying things like, "That's a Michigan guy," and then Michigan, like, and Michigan was going to be like fighting for Jordan Marshall all the way. And this is I. This was like their Donovan Edwards. This is a guy that people have known about for years in Ohio who's coming up, and then all of a sudden, boom, he goes to Michigan, and Mike Hart is like, hey, hey, hey. And Jordan Marshall is like, well, they had Mike Hart. I want to go play for that guy. And I, Because I, Mike Hart was taking some heat for his recruiting for the last couple of years. Like, he got C.J. Stokes, and people were like, eh. And then he, like... I mean, this is a weird thing, because yeah. <laughs> usually we're not talking about the position coach being like, okay, I got to recruit the running backs. Right. Usually the position coach is recruiting an area. Yeah. So the, the, that kind of heat always felt a little off. But you've you've watched this tape. Tell us about Jordan Marshall. Seth's the one to do this one. Oh, yeah. He, he did the hello for this one. Uh, Zach Charbonnet. What? Yeah, yeah, he like just he, like a trampler, uh, really good at pass pro, which is not something you normally see. But like in his wait, highlight wait, film, his it's highlight like highlight film has pass pro. Yes. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see why this guy liked Mike Hart? Okay, all right. That's that's going to be something irrationally mentioned in the season preview. Uh huh. Because it's like, ah, oh, this guy's got pass pro. He's got it. He got does. It. I know it's not like it's not a train style pass pro where he just like stonewalls guys. He he does it the hard way where you come after him yeah. and your knees are going to be suspect for a few years afterwards. Yeah, you got to put the fear of God into him. That's but I mean that's that's the kind of guy he is. This is a he, you don't want this guy running at you kind of dude. All right. Um. Yeah, and that's uh. You know, Mike Hart is the example that people keep using for him because Mike Hart is the person we compare every running back to. So, but he's he's bigger than Hart. He's sure if you're just saying Zach Charbonnet, those are different. I, that's why I went with Charbonnet. He's kind of like five ten, five eleven, tramples dudes. Twenty five. He's like is huge. Yeah, he's listed at like one ninety three, but that was his junior year, and I think he's probably more like two oh five, which brings you into Michigan at two fifteen, and then Herbert gets at you. So. He's going to be playing at 220 at Michigan, I think. All right. And the other back in this class is Micah Capana. Thank you to the Samoan name gods for giving us an easy one. <laughs> uh, sort of a, I guess, a, I don't want to say controversial, cause that, but it is a bit of a controversial take because Michigan was in on Taylor Tatum. Yep. And Capana came in the week before. He had a visit scheduled in front of Tatum, and he dropped at that point. And he was a fairly anonymous three-star at that point. He's moved up. I mean, there is a thing where there is a post-Michigan commit bump where they look at your film again and they're like, ah, he's probably pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's more of the speed back in this class if, yeah. if we're doing the thunder and yeah, lightning there, thing. There was the big question about were they going to take his commitment, right? Like that right. was the big question at the time. Because was, cause it, it seemed like, like he wanted to do hook, it. Right, yeah, yeah, right. And and it was, were you going to fight out for Tatum or are you going to take Capana? And they took Capana. So – Tells you their belief in him, number one. But there's a lot of stuff to like with him. He hasn't played a ton because he's been at Bishop Gorman, so he's, right, you know, he's on a loaded a loaded with, depth chart. Yeah. Isn't getting a ton of carries, but the numbers are eye popping. 
Uh, his yards per carry all three years have been phenomenal, but this past season he uh, had a thousand yards on something like seventy carries. I did. I did watch that film, and it was real Ty Isaac to me, where it's like uh-huh. anybody could have scored a touchdown on this. That that was a little concern, and he's a glider like Ty Isaac too. So it's like his running style kind of reminded me of him. They split him out wide a bunch, though, didn't they? Yeah, he caught some passes as well. Uh, he caught eleven passes for one hundred ninety-two yards and four additional touchdowns. So uh, I mean, my my eye here is a little like I thought Omar Samuel's was going to be the jam because <laughs> his film was so amazing with quick feet a little guy with quick feet yeah and and you look at capana and it's just like i can't tell anything about this film yeah i i mean they they haven't they haven't done bad when they've uh when they look they, no, they scouted running back to yeah, this I, so I, I just think that this there's a reason that he's in this three-star range he's a flyer yeah like his what he's been able to put on film is, I guess, encouraging, but there's just not that much of it, right? 70 carries. Not a, not a ton right now. So A comp that was thrown out was Drake Johnson, so... <laughs> so keep the forklifts! <laughs> Great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the worst comp. Not, no offense to Drake Johnson, just in terms of, like, you're cursed. Yeah. You just go with Jerome Jackson. I think there was like a period where every running back was Jerome Jackson because, like, if you didn't know anything about a running back, you're just like, this is yeah. this is our centered three point five star running back. We should mention Zach Ludwig here, who's uh, doesn't even have a picture uh-huh. on twenty four seven, and is just this. They still list him as a linebacker, right? So our, he's like Ben Herbert's nephew or something. Uh huh. So we're all thinking Ben Mason here. Yeah. And given what we were talking about with the scholarship limits, like, hell yeah. Yeah. I want a fullback. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the first thing I thought of when they fir- when they started, like, being able to give scholarships to anybody. I'm like, good. Harbaugh can have his fullback now. Right. But, like, I have long been an advocate for a dedicated fullback type person. Yes. And we do miss Ben Mason. Yeah. Like, and, a, and a name like Ludwig, that's that's a good one for a fullback. Sure. <laughs> Like, this guy needs a neck roll, and then they're like, ha Ludwig's coming at you. But we don't really have anything to say about him because the recruiting industry doesn't. But if there's anyone who I trust to be Chris Floyd again, it's the guy who's related to Ben Herbert. Sure. So we're, we're fans of the pickup. And to finish up this segment, we've got a couple receivers who have committed to the class. There is Channing Goodwin, who is a legacy. His dad was an offensive lineman, so now, I mean, that guy's... Definitely mm-hmm. a, a change. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> You know, I, like, I understand, like, Chris Jenkins coming in and you're like, oh, yeah, my dad was Chris Jenkins in the you're NFL. Right. That makes sense. Like, oh, my dad was uh, an offensive lineman, and I'm a wide receiver. I'm like, oh. Was it Goodwin? I don't know he wasn't. I, I was thinking someone else. But they're like one of those tight ends you convert into linemen. No, he, but was, he, was, he was just a lineman. He was a jumbo right tackle yeah. guy. Um, but in any case, uh, mid-four star, same with Imerian Stewart, who's out of Chicago. And... <clears throat> I, this is a spot where I think Michigan's offense the last couple of years is kind of holding them back a little bit in this department. Mm-hmm. Like they lose Jordan Ship to UNC. Why are you going to UNC? Well, you think they're going to throw the ball. Yeah, if okay. you're the sixth and they, receiver. And they do. So. And they do. <laughs> if you're the sixth receiver at Ohio State, you're getting some passes. If you're the sixth receiver at Michigan, you know, have a nice summer. Right, yeah, because it's like, all right, I got to fight through these tight ends, and then there's this walk-on guy. And like, <laughs> <laughs> they have Zach Ludwig on the field as often right. as you. So, so these guys, I mean, 
Michigan is on Bear, but he's a 2026 kid. They're in on Ryan Wingo, who's the number seven kid on the in the class. But like, I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bellamy fun. likes this guy and like Joshua Jackson. And the, the, he's one of those dudes. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not not that Josh Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Which Josh Jackson? This, uh, he's a he's a dude out of Louisiana. He's one of those guys that you fight with the SEC like quietly for, and then at the end of the cycle, like oh oh, we got Carmelo English, right? Like he's one of those guys. You're going to hear about the battle for him next December, and not until then. Well, the Sam has been saying on twenty four seven that Michigan's going to start looking at senior film for guys and try to find a third person they want to pick up. Sure, I, and. I know Myron Stewart is the one I think that they've got that they really honed in on. Like they, that was the guy they're like, this is our Ronnie Bell. And there is definitely a position for a Ronnie Bell type in the uh, in, in this offense. Yeah, sure. I mean, no offense to Ronnie Bell, but <clears throat> you see Michigan landing guys in the first round at edge, mm-hmm. at defensive tackle, at cornerback, at, well, they not tight end, but close. Uh-huh. Not running back, but close. Yeah, but they took a quarterback from Connecticut and turned him into a second rounder at tight end. It's still the same. Right, yeah. 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 And what we're not seeing is we're not seeing Michigan dump guys into the first two days of the NFL draft at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of seems like a hole in the program right now and not one that this class seems likely to overturn. And it's, no, not, like a, mean, it's not like a crippling flaw, right? Yeah. I mean, Cornelius Johnson still caught the pass where there's no one within 15 yards of him. <laughs> But it is sort of a maybe a differentiating factor where it's like, yeah, if Michigan could have a Marvin Harrison on their team, mm-hmm. I mean, that's next level kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, because Goodwin and Stewart are both solid players, right? But there's nothing to go crazy about with either. Right, they're, of them. they're guys who are going to be productive, but they're more, you know, Cornelius Johnson again, yeah, than a huge upgrade, right. They have a couple guys in the pro, like you know, Clemens was a high recruit. Like Clemens is a guy who's yeah. who's got a shot um, at being a, a real special player, but you know, yeah, the number of bullets they have, the kind of bullets they have, and also wide receiver is a spot like cornerback where I trust mm-hmm. the recruiting rankings yeah. more than I would trust them at offensive line. It's it's kind of hard to fake being six three and being able to jump out of the building and right. run past a cornerback. Yeah, yeah, and, and like cornerback is is probably the most reliable but wide receivers up there too yeah yeah there's there's only so low a donovan people's jones can get right yeah yeah so these guys don't seem like they're going to be difference makers but also it's not like they're going to be a huge hole on the roster and it would be nice to add a difference maker yeah i you know there was jamie french is another guy they were talking about like there are some guys that they're Kind of picking around. Went Ryan Wingo's one, like a five-star type. Where <clears throat> right, if we, you have a big season from JJ and yeah. like some of his receivers blow up, because last year they were featuring Ronnie Bell. That's let's say Cornelius Johnson just blows up this year, or Roman Wilson blows up this year. Like somebody I mean, might get eyes. Ryan Wingo is an upfront NIL guy, I bet. Uh huh. Like he's the number seven player in the class. George is after him. Like Michigan, I think Underwood is a special category because he's in state. Mm-hmm. He's at Belleville. He's a quarterback. Yeah, like I think that's a spot where Michigan might be like, okay, we need to do this. I don't think Ryan Wingo is going to be that guy. Yeah, fair enough. So, and even if you match an NIL offer, I mean, again, Michigan just the kind of offense they run is going to be at a disadvantage. Yeah, not against Georgia, maybe. Not against Georgia. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. Georgia. Georgia's <laughs> got the same problem. Like, do you, do you throw to anybody but your tight ends? <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. But I think 
once Brock Bowers is out the door, <laughs> it might change a little bit. That guy's got like infinite eligibility, though. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's he was a true freshman when he, we faced well, him. This is his yeah, last year of college. Year. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, probably yeah. would have been a top five pick in this draft. Yeah, so he's, he's out the door. Yeah, it sucks because every because otherwise we would be talking about Colson Loveland like he's the greatest tight end freshman who ever lived, and now no. it's like Brock Bowers just happened. No, yeah, it's not yeah. Happen. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and continue our discussion of Michigan's 2024 recruiting class. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, UGP is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing down people to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out the order. We'll set it up and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president at Peak Wealth Management. We have a lot in common. We both went to Michigan. We're both huge fans, but I'm concerned about how much time you're spending on Michigan football recruiting. This could be time spent with me pouring over your cash flow and Roth conversion strategy. How are these Roth conversions going to get done with you spending all your time and energy on MGO Blog looking at the next five-star recruits? Hey, all kidding aside, if you're addicted to MGO Blog and you want to outsource some of your financial planning to an expert, consider us, peakwm.com slash blog. At Peak, we work with people in a variety of situations. Some of our clients are young professionals looking to optimize their savings and investments. For young people, time is the key. Some of our clients are super affluent trying to figure out when they can retire. Some are high net worth retirees looking for a second opinion on how their money's working for them. Get your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. If you want to see where our post-game podcast happens, or if you need a spot to land in Ann Arbor, check out 4M, Prentice Partners' beautiful brand-new flagship property at 830 Henry Street in Lower Burns Park and across the bridge from the Big House. Their 11 spacious six-bedroom, six-bath suites feature state-of-the-art digital capabilities and are laid out for comfortable, efficient collaboration. You can also rent a 4M unit for shorter stays, say if you want to come to town for a football weekend. I want to add myself that they're also taking over Lucky's. We're really excited about their plans for that space. So if you're by the stadium, swing by 830 Henry or visit Prentice4M.com. The youngest go. Shooting thousands at the spot, come and lose your ass. Dog scared of the fast life, he don't use no gas. Trying to race, hop up in the coop, finna lose your ass. Pretty bitch, finna slam like his judo class. I'm sick, you still copy cookie from the bottom shelf. I'm sick, I'm still on this route when it's hot as hell. 2015 was Gucci Fina, spent a lot on bills. 10,000 for the bow, if not, it's not for sale. Honey bourbon got me breath catching like.
like I ran a Ford 2022 new thing, had to grab the forge Jerry Rice that motherfucker if you pass it towards Living in the past, no pay but he had a story Long sleeve, ice skating, not swerving Driving off the end, I fuck around and hit the curb in My mind moving at a million miles per minute I lay low, my shooter sliding off the perks itch You ain't got no hustling, you what you know about grind Hit the top from the bottom, what you know about climb 220 on the dash, what you know about flying I was staying up, drawing plays up in route fine Swear to God Oh, He's yeah. got to get oh, in the head to like pop a blood vessel. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm so out of practice at this. Brandy, Alex, Jason, I need a take so hot that they're comparable to the dad heater. Randy Sklar is on right now. <laughs> I'm in orientation. I'm on a dad hot streak. <laughs> His uh, his daughter has gotten into Michigan, and he's actually in studio. It is so cool with us currently because uh, he's at orientation with his daughter. Mm-hmm. He has won the Dad Gold Prize. Thank you. Well, well done, Dad Olympics. Dad Olympics. Yeah. The gold Gold Prize. <laughs> the Gold Star. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, I won I, the Joe Moore Award of Dadding. <laughs> the Golden Cargo Shorts. <laughs> It's a giant trophy of just a regular sized dad that I have to keep in my house. And then Terrell Pryor sold them to someone else. Terrell Pryor did sell the golden cargo shorts. That's right. Seth, give me your hottest take. Michigan's going to have a better recruiting class than Ohio State. Mm. Okay. Justified. Because I don't care about the rankings. Ah. (laughs) He got us all right there. But, I mean, look at Ohio State's class right now. It's like. Some five-star receivers who are really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. as per usual. And then, like, they're scrounging around for a quarterback, and mm-hmm. like they they got their guy, but it was like the third or fourth guy that they were after after they lost Dylan Rayola. Okay, to be fair, his name is Air, Air Noland. Air Noland. So that's pretty good. I'm that's, gonna call that's, him that's, Aaron. That's, <laughs> I'm just gonna call him Aaron and just screw it up. Aaron Nolan. I. But that's the thing. Like the the, the quarterback has a cool sounding name, and like the, it looks cool on the outset, and it's going to be ranked higher than Michigan. But like this this class is going to be like when we go back and compare these classes, it's going to be like wow, Michigan really kind of mopped up Jordan Marshall because Ohio State is not getting the guys that they normally get in this class. They're losing uh, battles to Georgia and Alabama. Okay. Normally, they kind of like. Hold their own. Hold their own, except for a wide receiver. Right. Uh, but then they picked up, like, a great defensive tackle. They picked up a great defensive end. And really people are like, case for you. now people are like, okay, Ohio State's going to be awesome. But I kind of think that Larry Johnson's not fully Larry Johnson anymore, just looking at the way that, like, guys have been developing on that off- uh, defensive line. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stewart will be, Dylan Stewart will be a good off, good defensive lineman. Justin Scott will be a good defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. If they're not super five stars, they're not developing there anymore. And I just kind of look at Ohio State's class. I'm like, man, you guys, because they, they're not getting the automatic guys from Ohio that they used to get. All right. And I think that Michigan really just took a bite out of them in this class, and it's going to really look different in a few years. Alex, give me your hottest take. Northwestern should run the triple option. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that idea, so I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had been thinking this for a bit of time, but Jane Coaston shockingly agreed. Yeah. Uh, put it on Twitter, too. Uh, but anyway, I mean, look, what's their pathway to any remote competitiveness? Well, in the they future? had, the they had like, the spread innovation. They were, like, right? leading there, and that yep. was their... 
like high watermark as a program. Yeah, I mean, they always need to be a little bit ahead of the curve, but the Big Ten's getting harder and harder. Like, as you guys talked about on the roundtable, too, like the transfer portal is a real problem for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. NIL is becoming a real problem for them. The Big Ten West is obliterated. We're, you know, adding USC, UCLA. Like, it's getting harder and harder to see them be remotely anything of note. But the triple option, you can muck it up, right? Like, how are you, you know, if, if you Army it. If you can't stay on the field talent-wise in, in a new modern college football and a modern Big Ten, scheme it. why not give it a shot? I enjoyed Brian Mack's tweet where he was like, I won $400,000 on my Chris Collins Northwestern yeah. coach time team. <laughs> 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 like, That's pretty good. <laughs> Randy, give me your hottest take. I got a basketball one. Okay. Olivia Com was gonna be so Olivier Com was gonna be so good they're gonna have to put a silent N in front of the block M. <laughs> NM go blog. I want him to be so good. Okay. And by the way, a silent N in front of the M, how fake Midwest is that? Oh, how fake Midwest is that? And I'll take every bit, dude. I love this guy's attitude. Wait, does Ohio State gonna have to like X out the ends as well? Yeah, (laughs) Ohio State's gonna have to X out the silent ends (laughs) with a silent X. (laughs) Uh, No, that would be. I want this kid to be great. I just want to see him and Dougie pick and roll all day long. Finish. He's Finnish from Finland, and he can finish. Right? That should be the plan. He's Finnish and he can finish. There's the line. There's the quote of the day. He's Finnish at the rim. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, can we please make that poster? Just Olivier (laughs) Kama. He's Finnish. There's NIL nowadays. He's Finnish at the rim. Uh, I think... I think he's going to be great. I love his confidence, and uh, I don't know. It just once we got him, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can get Do excited you know about basketball. How many times I had to ask Sam how to pronounce his name? I mean, <laughs> no one does, and there are people still now. It's Olivier Kamwa, but there are mm. still people now who want to pronounce the N. Right. Well, yeah. it's just. I mean, I can't even remember how it's spelled now that. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a problem. I, I still involuntarily swallow before I say Kamwa. 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 Jason, give me your hottest take. J.J. McCarthy is going to beat out Cade McNamara to be the starting quarterback at Michigan. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. That was last that year's. Was last time. <laughs> um, let, me, let me amend that. J.J. McCarthy is going to beat Cade McNamara in the Big Ten championship game for the Big Ten championship. Yep. So, not that I weirdly think I, I, this is weirdly a pro Iowa take. It is a weirdly <laughs> yeah. pro Iowa take. Although they were able to do what they did last year with the worst offense in the history of the universe, like right. And I mean, I, I look, K. McNamara is not does not compare to J.J. McCarthy, but I do think that just with a little bit of offense and a little bit of some pass completing and a few plays, like they're going to win some like. 17 to 10 games along the way and i i don't know i I feel like this could be their year to get there and then we'll destroy them in the big 10 championship you could do a lot worse for iowa than like donating cade mcnamara and eric all to that Mm -hmm. offense. like here you guys here take that and just see what you do well and they they still have no they don't have laporta they have but Mm -hmm. they had a second tight end last year was pretty good Lachey, yep. maybe? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, can A.J. Henning transfer there now that there's all this Northwestern stuff? That's he might. not a bad idea. <laughs> he <Yeah>. might. <laughs> he might. Uh, but their offensive line uh, has fallen off pretty hard, and mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. going to be their, Like, they were la- – I just looked this up. They were last in adjusted line yards last year. 
in the in the conference, and that's mm-hmm. like you're Iowa, like you've run the same scheme for eighty years, mm-hmm. and like you can't get that right. I th- yes, and also, but like Laporta took forever to get the ball out, and that was just like Laporta the, is the tight end. You mean not Laporta? Uh, yeah. Whatever. The DS? No, who's the other guy? Spencer Petrus. Spencer Petrus. Petrus. Petrus took forever to get the ball out. And well, also, all of his wide receivers yeah. were like walk ons who mm-hmm. were like five foot eight from rural Iowa. Yeah, they. They return one guy, and he's going to be their running back. Like, like they had they, to, like, the <laughs> receiver they, they had. had to conscript <laughs> Russian prisoners to play wide receiver <laughs> from Iowa last year. Well, then uh, was it Ch- uh, Chuck Sizzle went to uh, yeah Purdue goes Purdue. to Purdue and blows up blows like, up. Yeah. It's like yeah. oh yeah, this is what I can do in a pass happy offense yeah. or, or or an offense, but also like or what, an what offense. Are we <laughs> Excuse at me, the rest offense. of the Big Ten like Wisconsin seems like they're in year zero. With uh, Fickle, Northwestern's obviously going to be a crater. Matt Rule. Matt Rule's in a year zero in Nebraska. Illinois! <laughs> Illinois doesn't have their defensive-minded coach, who yeah. now at Purdue. Uh, there's going to be a Wiley Coyote year, and they'll yeah, be. That's, they'll... That's, not, that's not a bad shout. Yeah. What's their quarterback situation, though? Who cares? It's Illinois. Okay. They're just going to run the ball. All right. Yeah. All right, here's my hot take. Hunter Dickinson was right! (laughs) We are a fake Midwest. I mean, the University of Michigan in particular, I mean, there's so many guys who came from where Hunter Dickinson came from, Mm -hmm. Uh wearing North Face jackets and joined frats and all that stuff. He's right. Yeah. (laughs) I can't be mad. We've been that since the first thing Michigan did when they launched the university here. They're like, they look east and like, hey, Harvard, Yale, can we get in with you guys? Did you see what Brian just did there? Brian did the old like post defensive move where you pull the chair out. You pulled the chair out of Hunter Dickinson. He wanted to fight. He wanted to fight and Brian just stepped away and let him fall down. That's completely accurate. Your your cheap heat doesn't work on me, sir. I mean, we'll he see. put up his dukes, and Brian just like you know gave him a little fist bump. But but let me ask you a question. I mean, obviously, I think like going back to my hot take, I think Kamwa and Terrace Reed might be a better combo than Hunter Dickinson and I mean, Terrace Reed. I love what Hunter brings yeah. on the offensive line, but this might be a better, more athletic. Better on the defensive oh, end. There's no question yeah. that it's going to be much better defensively. And then it's like, can Michigan get offense from somewhere to like make up for it? I mean, Doug's going to have to engineer a whole lot because Kamo can finish, but I don't know if there's any. Kamo has else. a lot of mid range games, so that provides a like relatively high floor on uh-huh. a number of possessions. It's good to have that. But if that's your whole output, you know, you're not going to be. I, I'm, I'm, I wish any of these guys could have come through. Just like they need a guard who can just pull up and get a shot, and like that would. The I mean, Prez. Yeah. All, all hail the Prez. Prez? Yeah, he's got Maybe. no Prez. Just fire up shots. He's the kid. <laughs> kids a score. Yeah, bring the Prez in. So I mean, I'm. We're going to see how how things go, but yeah, defensively they're going to be massively improved. They might not be done in the transfer portal Cause, either. Because not only mm-hmm. is Hunter not on this team. Jet Howard is not on this team either. Right. Yeah. And they're filling those slots. Wait, Jet Howard's not on the team, so uh, everyone's going to play defense every game? So, nice. But they're going to fill those slots not with just like random guys, with Namari Burnett, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Kamwa, with Terrace Reed, all plus defensive players. So I think your path to successful basketball season is re- like, you know, the – I forgot his name. Uh, wing from Kentucky. Uh, Charles Matthews. The Charles Matthews yeah. teams. Yeah. The Charles Matthews X teams. Like, yeah. That's what you're going to do. But, I mean, Charles yeah, Matthews was the a late scorer on those teams. They Jason. still had a guy who can pull up and get his points. Jay, what were you going to say? I was going to say we're going to hopefully win a lot of, like, 64 to 58. We're going to be wreckers. Muck yeah. it up. Ruck, yeah. it, ruck it up. 
or Iowa football for those of you who are just Ugh. football fans. <laughs> All right, that's the end of this segment. Thanks to the Sklars. If you can't get enough Sklars, hit up the Cheap Seats. Uh, no, wait. View from the Cheap Seats. View from the Cheap Seats, their podcast, and the Nosebleeds, which is their reboot of Cheap Seats yeah. on UFC Fight Pass. They're also coming to Ann Arbor for the uh, – on uh, September 8th and 9th, though, over UNLV weekend, we're doing show, two shows each night at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. Come to those shows. They're going to be so much fun. And, you know, every time we come through here and MGO blog, people come to the shows. It is a party. It's fun. These guys are going to show up. So it'll be a blast. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk Lyman. All right. Well, first we'll, we'll hit the tight ends because they're sort of in between. They're, they're still linemen. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Michigan picks up Hogan Hansen, who's a guy in that 100 to 200 range, and then Brady Prescorn in state tight end, six foot six. Um, looks like, you know, could be Schoonmacher 2.0. Mm-hmm. Could be maybe a little bit. Beyond, like, I mean, they're, they're ranked them. higher than any of the tight ends they've been bringing in. I know, but yeah. I don't care what Cole, uh, <laughs> Schoonmacher was ranked. He's from New England. Jim Harbaugh wants him as a tight end. He's a top 100 player. Yeah, but that's the weird thing about. Well, Priestcorn is weird because he was he was in state. Everyone kind of knew he wanted to go to Michigan. He just, but he was blowing up. He was like going to be like a four point five star, you know, top tight end in the country. And then it, he was the same guy that Michigan would have targeted if he was a three star. But mm-hmm. he was really highly ranked. And Hogan Hansen, very similar story. He was a guy that Jay Harbaugh found early out west and. And then he blew up in the rankings, so he's like a top 100 guy. I think we owe him a, a hello. I believe we do. <laughs> yeah. And kind of got lost, because that one was in December of 2022. Like, yeah. Real early. Like, while we were struggling to put together the, you know, the, the end of the 23 class. Right. Then it was like, oh, there's another 24. I don't have really time for that. Yeah. But the thing about him is all, the reason why he's blowing up is because he can block already. And people are like, oh, this guy. Can... Now, he plays for a high school that just runs the ball all the time. Which which one are we talking Hanson. Hanson. Hanson likes to block already. And that's not a thing you normally see. It's also it. not a thing that causes you to blow up in the recruiting rankings. <laughs> I don't know. Like, coaches love it. It's like one of those. I know. Coaches love it. And, and it's not one of those things that you can, like, say, like, oh, this happens. Because how often be... does it happen? How often do you see a tight end who can block who's not, like, going to be a left tackle in college? Well, Eric Hall. Uh, no, he wasn't that much of a blocker. He, he was, but he didn't get any credit for it because it's like, oh, he's a receiving tight end. And then he comes into Michigan. And like, we oh, thought he was going to be a flex tight end. We were saying like well, they yeah. should turn him into a receiver. But, but his senior film was like, oh, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. That This is not, oh, look at this. This is like Devin Asiazi is the last guy I can remember who was like, oh, this guy is a blocker. You are bringing up everyone who transferred to UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any more? Can we think? Uh, I, don't, well, I don't know. Wilton Spate. Wilton Spate. Oh. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Is he starting for somebody this year? Is he still got <laughs> eligibility? Another Michigan quarterback. Um, but yeah, like these guys are the same dudes that Michigan always recruits, except for this time they're ranked highly. All right. Well, yeah. that seems fine then. Yeah. I mean, I do think Priest Gordon has sort of Colston Loveland vibes to him. Uh huh. Because yeah. he's got the body control, he's got the size, and he's, he's limber. It's not just a, a lunk. I am not going to call people Colston Loveland just, just because saying. like tight ends are not good at freshmen. That does not happen. I'm, just, I'm saying like you get kind of a, a feeling. I'm yeah, not making a prediction. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's six five, six six. He's leapy because he plays basketball as yeah. well. And mm-hmm. that's and always a good one. Tight yeah. ends who play basketball. The blocking Hanson isn't hundred percent there, but he no. plays in a triple option offense in high school, so that has given him some experience blocking. So th- there's a lot to like. 
Michigan tight end. I, we don't even have to. Are we even worried? Even if they weren't ranked highly, if they were like these guys are two stars, right? Yeah, yeah. We found this guy in a dumpster in Connecticut. Like, uh-huh. okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah <laughs> second rounder. Yeah. All right. Offensive line. Michigan has five prospects. All of them uh, ranked at least in the three and a half star category. I think all of them are four stars on the composite. And again, like tight end, I, there's a, there's a point at which I'm just like I don't care. <laughs> like exactly where they're ranked. Like if this guy is ranked fifty versus one fifty, I don't care. There is definitely a difference between the offensive linemen that Michigan targets because, like, whenever we go over these hellos, it's the same story with all of them. This guy is just a mauler, and they're like, "Oh, well, maybe he's he's not agile enough to be like a, a pure left tackle." Right. And well, they have it, a except for a couple guys. of them, yeah. yeah. But like. You know, we're going through the you know, going through the guys who committed to them, and Luke Hamilton is like, okay, this guy is just a, he's a guard. He is like a right, and yeah. <laughs> and so we were talking about Marshall before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who oh, he did Michigan Ohio State battle. That's not happening with the linemen. Yeah, because the linemen Michigan is after Ohio State is like, oh, these guys aren't prancy enough. They're not. Yeah, it's not river dance out here. <laughs> we- <laughs> well, I mean that there's like a, a perfect example of that with. Um, because Ben Roebuck plays for St. Ed's, and he's a guy that everyone's known about for a long time. He's a six six, six lug, right? He's he's a a, a Trevor Keegan, right? right? Where he's like he's a tackle in college and in and, and in high school and in high school, and then in college you're going to turn him into a guard and just plow horse with him. That's not the kind of guy that Ohio State really likes. So that guy was ranked ahead of the they play four tackles in a center, right? Right, but and there's two um, there's two twins on his team. Who are also like four-star offensive linemen, and Ohio State wanted those guys, and Michigan did not have a lot of interest in them. Right. So <clears throat> this is the situation where the, the programs want different things. For I mean, what fits as a Michigan offensive lineman doesn't really fit as an Ohio State offensive. Right. Lineman. Right. And it's not like these guys are. I mean, there's Donovan Jackson. I think is a guy who's going to be a high NFL draft pick, who's a guard for Ohio State. So it's not like. They don't have guys. Yeah, and the NFL likes those kinds of guys, too. Right. they throw the ball in the NFL. But Michigan is just after a different variety of offensive linemen. Now, yeah. there are a couple of left tackle types in this class. Andrew Sprague out of Missouri, mm-hmm. six foot eight, has the agility. Personally, the guy who I'm most excited about. And we were talking earlier about guys who rise. Yeah. He rose. He ro- yeah, and he plays basketball. I, I think I actually linked a Jake Long video in his... It was Jake Long slamming a basketball because there's a one just like it of Sprague doing it. Sure. Not saying he's Jake Long, but he is the... Uh, don't think you are saying that. You said it. I'll, I'll strongly insinuate that he is. Yes. You're strongly <laughs> insinuating. Taylor Lewan without the, the crazy. How about that? <laughs> I don't think that's a whole lot... Further down, the optimistic. I mean, wasn't Luan like a top ten pick? He was the same. He's the same prospect. Same player. Yeah, he has the same player. And Rose at the same time as those. I mean, it's the same guy. He's going to wear number seventy seven here, and he's going to be awesome. Well, and also the the profile of like this guy went from this ranking to this ranking and is just outside the top one hundred. Uh huh. Aiden Hutchinson esque in terms of his yeah ranking profile. And then when you read what they say about him it's like okay this guy kills people also his feet are incredible and that's the two things you want to know about a tackle right so i don't care that he's 108 yeah 
whatever. Yeah. This is the profile I want. In offensive yeah. Lineman. And then the other one's Blake Frazier, who's not six foot eight. He's six five, but he is the son of a Michigan offensive lineman. Uh huh. So that's major points right there. And he rose too quite yes. a bit over the cycle. And he's a guy who was already well known because you know his he's a legacy OL, so he was starting very early yeah. in his high school career. Speaking of name some guys, Steve Fraser is on name some guys. <laughs> like his dad would play like all over the offensive line on like the Tom Brady teams. Oh, so name some guys to me is like Jermaine Gonzalez, where it's like, oh, this guy was on the football team. <laughs> Horn. Steve Frazier is not a name some guys. You don't think so? No. I mean, he played like one year and couldn't like let, nail down a single position. He was always he was like the center one game and the left guard another game. Was it just one year for him? I think ninety nine was like his year. Yeah, because like he was dodging all those guys who ended up on the two thousand line. Uh, but then like one year they were all hurt and they're just I, like let's misremembering. Let's let's replace. Well, I think it's because ninety nine is like a, a a core of your college years kind of season. Are you saying I was drunk? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just saying like there's a period in your college years where you're like, I remember every single person on the roster this year. That's like 20 years in a row for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I did a lot of rostering on NCAA video games. Okay. Yeah, But in any case, I think that Frazier also has a really good shape of his recruitment in terms of like we can expect this guy to perform. And I mean, telling me this is a legacy Michigan OL, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he's got the good feet. He's got all that you want to hear. Just needs to be herbertized a little bit and yeah. filled out. And, you know, he's probably more the right tackle, whereas Sprague's probably the left. But, you know, both guys, you can see, you know, either spot potentially. So, yeah, we've touched on the two Ohio guys who are, I think, fairly similar in profile Ben Roebuck, Luke Hamilton, um, guys who we probably project as guards. Mm-hmm. The other two guys are the tackles in the class. These two guys are the guards in the class. Um, and,. They're going to be run blockers first and foremost, and we hope that their pass blocking is good enough to be drafted in the first couple rounds of the NFL draft. I don't care if they're a seventh rounder. If you're if you're mulling guys for Michigan, then like everything else stems from that, sure. right? And I the, the this is a higher caliber of guy other than like Zinter, right? The Michigan is normally getting well, and Zinter was also one of these guys out of Connecticut who didn't get the ranking that he deserved because of his circumstances. Right. And we knew that. Yeah. Like, if you look at his recruiting profile for Zach Zinter, it's like, this is going to be the dude. Yeah. And Michigan and Notre Dame, the two schools that do the most scouting in the country, were the ones like, this well, guy is, is an awesome guy. Yeah. Especially in New England. Yeah. Yeah. So, the these guys are, I, I'm just saying they're on a higher level than, like, uh, I don't want to say Filianga because he was a four star, but I they I, just have I a would. higher yeah. I would I like I, I feel like there are guys who I mean Filianga particularly had weight issues right mm-hmm. so he's a four star because he's huge but also he struggled with that his whole career and it didn't really until he went to Minnesota like You're like we need a six hundred pound offensive line go <laughs> right and, and these guys don't have those issues I think that they're going to be good to go on that developmental track where you're yeah. open to see him in year three yeah. And I'm just like the like the bottom of this like the lowest ranked one is Luke Hamilton and like Trevor Trevor Keegan is like the example for him and right. that's like the 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 floor of this class right now. And then uh, Jake Guarnera, who is a center, mm-hmm. who Michigan was just like this is our center. Yeah, we're going to go to Florida. We're going to get this guy. Florida was recruiting him, and to me, offensive line is always the shakiest mm-hmm. recruiting ranking spot. And then center is like a. a Beyond that. Right. The one time in, in history we were like, this guy cannot miss at center, he missed. Right. Which was Kevin Kugler. Although <laughs> Cesar Ruiz did 
pretty damn good job as a uh-huh. top 50 center. Yeah, so but Cesar Ruiz was an IMG center who played center and like the best team in the country. Right. And that's not what you're getting from Garnier. He is a uh, he's a tackle who can convert to center, and right. they just. But what I found interesting about him is Michigan was looking at a couple other guys for center in the class, and they had like these are the three guys we're looking at, and they basically had their choice between him and Walt Claire Flynn, and I can't remember the third guy, but the there was there were three dudes that they were after. And that guy probably committed to someone who's going to play Michigan in five years, and he's going to be like, "I remember this slight on the recruiting podcast." I think it was Penn State, so oh, I wouldn't worry too much. It's happening. <laughs> You're going to have the best center in the country, and it's your fault. Penn State is going to develop an offensive lineman. That's a hot take. They got they got a left tackle who's going to be a first rounder. Yeah, Olufashan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one guy. All right. I think this other guy went to school with him too. Anyway, uh, Michigan really kind of. Locked in on uh, on yeah. J- and Garnier and was just like that's our dude. Well, I think Florida being the main competition there is also important too because he's in state. They know about him. They're also like, okay, this is a center. We're looking for a center, and mm-hmm. this is the guy that we want as well. Yeah. So um, we'll see how it goes with him. But a five man yeah. offensive line class that was hypothetically going to be six or seven, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this Still juncture. Still could, but. Probably not, right? Like, Bennett Warren is the one guy who's out there. Yeah, yeah. And Bennett Warren is the the last of like these uh, blue chips that they're at. They're like they wanted to add one more blue chip guy to this yeah. class, and like they're really close with Mike, uh, Michael Uini, and he looked at Michigan and he looked at Georgia and he was like, I "Think I'm going to go with those guys, man." Like, oh. there's a <laughs> there was Max Anderson too that. Yeah. I don't know if he's committed to Tennessee or he's going to, but one of the two. I think that was more of a hey, we've got. Five guys just as good as you. I but don't think we need with, Max Anderson with anymore. With Bennett Warren, if he takes it into the season, that's probably good for Michigan. Yeah. Because Michigan's going to be pretty good at football. Texas A&M, <laughs> eh, who knows? Yeah. I, I wonder if Texas A&M's offer sheet has to like go up. Like, the, the amount has to go up every little bit, every, every loss they have. You're like, okay, I know, we, I know we lost to Missouri, but how about another 15 grand? Yeah, Is that- I don't know. We'll <laughs> see about that. I think the general rule with all these positional groups, based on the scholarship thing we talked about earlier and what we've seen the last few years, is that at the end of the cycle, Michigan's coming off a good season, a few schools are coming off bad ones. If a guy shakes free and Michigan wants him, they'll find room and they'll yeah. take him. So if a different OL they really like shakes free in December or something, that could be a sixth OL too. Yeah, and obviously a luxury, Yep. but the luxury that Michigan can take advantage of now. So hopefully that happens. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and switch to the defensive side of the ball. At Peak Wealth, we believe we can help you retire with confidence. It's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner from Peak. Wealth Management. In Plymouth. I graduated from Michigan in 2001 with an econ degree and founded Peak Wealth Management in 2014. Now we have over $240 million of assets under management. As a freshman in 97, winning the national championship in football and hockey didn't get any better than that. Both my wife and I lived in Bursley that year, and it's crazy because we never actually met while living in the same dorm. Probably because she had a car and I had to ride the bus. But we named our dog Bursley anyway, and he's on the payroll here at Peak Wealth Management. At Peak, we're fee-based. We're your fiduciary which means everything we recommend is always in your best interest. We partner with leading institutional money managers, focus on low fees, and make sure every client has a financial plan covering retirement, college, tax, estate, insurance, and cash flow. Simply put, we are Peak Wealth Management, your comprehensive financial coach. Book your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. I can't believe I'm doing this. 
If you find yourself in the penalty box, you want a Michigan man arguing your case, call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul tonight. It's 248-924-9458. Or visit his old website at michiganlawgrad.com. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing at one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit AnnArborElderLaw.com or call 734-945-9693. That's Seth? I would just stop by Market. What's Market? Market is at Venue. <laughs> <laughs> they really are just going for the most generic nouns they can find. I, and you open door to get into Market. <laughs> okay, we open door. <laughs> We're in Market. Market's exactly what it says okay. on the tin. Okay. Like you can walk in and get yourself a Gruyere and, and cheddar bagel sandwich, and it's okay. pretty good, and lead it up for you. I got a nice coffee. I walked in for the podcast a half hour early. I stepped in there. I grabbed a quick sandwich. It's, uh, they got some beers in there, too, if you need a quick beer. Like, if you're... Going by venue, and you don't want to like have to like sit down and go to the right. venue. You can just go and get something from like the it's it's the snack shop. It's the, it's okay. the market. So you can just pick something up real quick and, and go home and have a better than a reasonable sandwich. And it's a really good iced coffee too. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Switching to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, first, some disappointing news. It's not Owen Waffle. It's Owen Waffle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so all of our 
Waffle House jokes, which aren't really appropriate because I don't think Ann Arbor even has one. They're not going to fly. There are so many foods on the defensive line. Like we were so excited to add one more. But yeah, I mean a wafer, a wafer is a is, is a food. It's just it doesn't go as well with ham and. and yes, a wafer is a food, but his last name is Wafel. Wafel. <laughs> so that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was trying to make it happen. Just, All right. Yeah. Anyway, Notre Dame decommit kind of in that three and a half star range, uh, two ninety already. Uh, a guy who. Was, what was the what was the deal with his decommit? Was that a processing or I don't think so. No, it was I, Elston recruited him early, mm-hmm. and then Elston was at Michigan for a year and being like, "Hey, you wanna mm-hmm. <laughs> wanna come join me?" And yeah, Michigan just pried him out of that class. Is he from the Hun School? Yes, that's the weirdest name school ever because it's just like you can come here and learn <laughs> to be a barbarian. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were doing originally. Like, uh, you wrote this one. He is, yeah. He's kind of a barbarian, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, the Hunt School is in that league that uh, Cheshire Academy is, which has the the Smiths. The Smiths, was right? So that's the that's that one. I mean, there, there's a lot to like with him. He's a pretty strong guy, kind of a brute out there. Plays in you know not like the highest competition league of all time, and so like his video is just him like murdering children. Okay. <laughs> Um, the Hun School, but he's got uh, you know plenty of athleticism as well. His, his get off is is pretty nice. Um, length is there, which you'd expect uh, with an Elston recruit. Um, a lot to like. I mean, could be nose guard, could be three tech. We'll see where he plays along the line. Kind of gives off Ryan Glasgow vibes. Very much. Yeah. Like you know, if Mason Graham hadn't blown up and been the first defensive tackle in history to be awesome as a freshman, that's like exactly the same kind of prospect just like the guy that they the the coaches cannot stop gushing about him plays yeah. both ways I mean, and I think, wants to play another game afterwards I mean, he doesn't have an ideal nfl height which is like the thing that holds yeah. back the profile a little bit but i mean i think mason graham's about to be one of those guys where you just can't compare anyone to him because it's like oh i'm going to compare this defensive tackle to mo hearst like right what are we doing here <laughs> right what are we doing i, I compared a guy to jake long this podcast so <laughs> all right emmanuel beagle who's german uh, is the guy who's, I think, the lowest-rated guy in the class other than uh, Ludwig, our fullback. I, I'm surprised he's still rated that lowly because, like, Georgia came in, and there was there was a period where people were like, oh, is he still going to be committed to Michigan? Because we haven't heard anything from him lately, and, like, all these schools are coming after him now. It was, like, Georgia, Penn State, and there were a couple others. Alabama too. had some interest. Ohio State was poking around. Texas, uh, no, Texas A&M was poking around. <sighs> So, like, I don't think he had any visits, but there was, like, a moment there where people were wondering, like, oh, is is this going to blow up? And right. then well, he was he kind of recommitted to Michigan. The weird thing about it was that he started getting those Power 5 offers, and we were all like, well, he's going to fly up the board. And he just kind of didn't. Like, his, no. his ranking hasn't dramatically improved despite all of a sudden getting the kind of offers that uh, said, you know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, we talk about how there's kind of a, a Michigan commitment bump, and I don't think that's unusual or something that only happens to Michigan players. So if you commit to Ohio State or Georgia, they're going to look at your film and they're going to reconsider. Mm-hmm. they be like, okay, wh- what do we really think about this guy? <clears throat> well, he's another guy we owe a hello to because when he committed, this was last summer, he was, I think, the first guy in the class, or maybe the second one. I think Curtis might have been the first. But, like, when he committed, it was like, we don't know if this is a real person. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was. Well, so with a, I mean, he was a dream chaser. So he was one of the guys who come over on this, like, program that brings guys over from Europe, and then they just do a tour, like, every single camp and right. every and single so college. It's all, it's all camp stuff for these guys. They right. don't really have any film. And we've had 
you know, misses in this department earlier, like Welshoff was a mm-hmm. guy who, despite being a mogul skier, never really had the ability to play defensive end, which was a real bummer for me personally. Um, <laughs> Very correlated skill set. So this, I mean, even with the kind of nosing around by other major schools, this is a guy who, you know, he's a flyer. But as mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, the opportunity cost on these guys is much lower now. Yeah. Because Michigan can just throw some guys in the class, and if they don't work out, they've got more four-stars are going to work out. Well, and I think there's an opportune time to talk about length and Michigan's measuring machine because, like, they, especially Elston, loves length on the defensive line. And, like, Michigan, you can see it happen. The guy gets on campus, they get their measurements, and all of a sudden there's an article about how Michigan got really excited about this guy and it was all measurements, right? Like, they, they love his, like, arm length and his hand size and all those little things that Michigan gets in that, that matter. And 247 did an article a few years ago on the same exact thing, where like the measurements actually tell you a lot more about the recruit than uh, and where he's going to end up in the NFL draft than you would think, uh, based off of like some you know some like what's what's one inch in an arm length. Well, it it matters a lot at certain positions and defensive tackle. It matters a lot because if they can't get any purchase on you, if they can't get their arms deep into your chests, they can't get any control of you, and that's what Elston just loves. Well, and there was some talk that he could potentially play offensive line in college, but it sounds like they're going to keep him on the defensive side oh, of the line. Why would you move him to offense given this offensive line class? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, he has that kind of build. That was why they're looking at him that like, he's, he's just got those incredibly long arms and like you see that at tackle and you're like, Hey, Hey, right. you know? and then the third, uh, defensive tackle in this class, Ted Hammond out of Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, build a bear, build a, what does that mean? That, that means like they, they get a guy who's like a defensive end in high school who's like 260 and, you know, turn him into a 290 this to 210 guy. This guy was another guy. real early commitment. Yeah, he was yeah. a January commitment. There wasn't a ton of scouting at the time that I did the hello, but Brooks Bar was a, a comparison that came up. Uh, like, this is their Brooks Bar of this class. That's a um, weird comparison. That is a weird comparison. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying what was said at the time. No, I mean, Barr is a very weird prospect because he's shaped like Aiden Hutchinson and they expect him to play defensive tackle. So that's like a, a well. Then he's not shaped like Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there is question on sort of where on the line he's going to play. I mean, he came from uh, Saint Xavier down in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, um, had a number of Power Five offers, but you know the, there wasn't a ton of excitement about him. They took him real early, and he's a guy that there hasn't been any talk about him since then. So see how he does as a senior year and evaluate it. Matt Godin. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was also my comp for. Brooks Barr when I was doing the recruiting he, profiles this year or so. The one interesting thing about him, he plays baseball, basketball, and he claims 13 summer club swimming records with the Cincinnati Marlins. That's a hardball guy. <laughs> Cincinnati Marlins is an amazing team name. <laughs> and he wants a pre-med degree. so <laughs> Like the Boston Palm Trees. <laughs> All right, and then there are the Smith twins. I guess. I guess. Jer- which one is the? So one of them is defensive tackle. Jared is is a defensive end, defensive tackle. Okay. He's like a Chris Jenkins or Mike. They keep saying Mike Morris, and like okay. whenever Michigan says, "Hey, he's gonna be our Mike Morris," I think, "Oh no, he's gonna be your Chris Jenkins." Right? Well, or Chris Wormley is the other. Yeah, uh, hybrid yeah, guy. Yeah, but that's what he's like. The defensive end, defensive tackle, and another guy they kind of pride out of the Notre Dame class. These guys were Notre Dame silence, I think, for a long time, and then Michigan came along and just like swooped in on Jared Smith really quickly and then we'll get to Jacob in a minute but Jared's like the lower ranked one but these guys are another um, pair who were 
But ranked this is like really 250 early. versus 150, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but these guys are another, like, they were both top 50 prospects in the original class rankings. And they had Alabama offers and, like, you know, quote, offer. When Alabama offers. But they'd visited Alabama. They'd visited Georgia a bunch of times. Their dad is, like, really on top of the recruiting process. And I think that they probably, both of them might be a little ranked higher than normal, just, like, because the dad knows how to use the process and knows how to get them ranked. Um, and those, they're guys who got ranked early and kind of have slipped backwards. Well, as, the as process you mentioned, gone. though, that, like, these initial class rankings were probably the flimsiest in history. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, but they were certainly guys who have been around football a lot. And, you know, Harbaugh likes that. I mean, this program likes guys who come in and kind of know what it takes to be a college football player already. And these guys have been kind of professional football players for a few years already. Okay. And then the edge class is, I mean. Huge. <laughs> it just kind of feels like the edge class is like, all right, we've got these guys. They're four stars. They're low four stars. We're going to throw all of them at the dartboard and see what happens. Yeah. There's, uh, there are differences between them. Like, you know, some of them are more wide edge. Some of them are more like heavy edge. Uh, like, and then there's some of them are like super high ceiling. Like Devin Baxter is like, you know, Taco Charlton, just a guy that like nobody knew about until recently. Um, been moving up the rankings and all of a sudden just popped as a four star recently. He didn't even have a ranking on 247 when we wrote the hello. And now he's a four star on 247. So this is like the Ojabo Taco Charlton first off the bus. Let's see if we can make him. This guy's six six two twenty already, yeah. and by the time he's playing, he's me six six two seventy, and like just right. a freaky monster. Just like hopefully this man can be taught to football. Exactly, exactly. And then the other side of that, uh, as long as we're still on the heavy edge, is Dominic Nichols, who is like your typical Don Brown anchor, who like this guy knows how to play football. Not really flashy, doesn't have super great measurables or anything, but right. he is going to destroy a tight end. Brian Van Bergen. Yeah. And Elias Rudolph was more, I mean, Uche was the comp that came up in a lot of his, uh, you know, that has got to be explosive, one of the <laughs> I mean, you see Josh Uche, and you're just like, okay, I get it. Uh-huh. And then he's ranked outside the top 1,000. Yeah. And, like, only Don Brown is interested in him. Like, and Miami. Don and Brown and, yeah. Mi- and whoever it was at Miami is probably, like, a great line coach somewhere now. And I was just like, and yeah. now everybody's like, oh, yeah, this guy's kind of like Josh Uche. I'm like, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you, you watch Uche's film, and you're like, I see it. Yeah. 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 It's like Jake Ryan, too. Jake Ryan was a two-star, and you watch his film, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, because like these guys can move, can can like they got the proverbial dip where you can just yeah. get your shoulder like a couple inches above the ground, and there's just no way to block a guy like that. But again, I think he's another one who's like Elias Rudolph is another dude you're gonna have to teach to play football. Yeah, he's gonna need some refinement there. Yeah, right. again, we keep talking about this. Okay, you got some guys who might bust out. That might be David Ojabo. The opportunity cost there is you can back guys up, and if it really doesn't work out, oh, it's like okay, here's Josiah Smith from the portal. Stuart. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And. The other, and we don't want to miss any Jay, Jay Smiths in this class because there's three of them. Uh, but the third Jay Smith to commit to the class is Jacob Smith, the twin brother of Jared, who uh, is the much higher ranked one, much edgier, and a lot more refined. Like, this is a guy who actually might come in and help them on the edge immediately because mm-hmm. he's, he's a real pass rusher. He's got a lot of slick moves already. Ceiling might not be that high, but like a high floor, this guy is going to be an okay defensive end. And how badly would you take that, like, you know, last year? Well, hey, they had a guy who got drafted defensive end. It wasn't, like, terrible. I Yes, but they also had to, like, 
stitch together with popsicle sticks how they're going to attack the. They really could have used Ojabo back last year. Uh, and well, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a break, come back, and look at the back seven on defense. Hey, so I have like insurance and stuff, but I don't really like know what's going on with it. Yeah, you- it, your your coverage probably sucks, and you're paying way too much for it. And I know this because I had a guy. Uh, he's a uh, his name's Phil Klein. He's actually a Michigan alum and wrestled for Michigan. He okay. looked at my insurance and he was like, "Yeah, your coverage sucks, and you're paying a lot more than you need to for it." I also like I, I hesitate to even mention this, but I do have my insurance from a company that advertises during college football games. Well, I wish that was not the case. Well, why don't you just get it from a cool guy who actually like reads them go blog? Well, how would I do that? <laughs> they have a website. They have one of those too. It's philkleininsurance.com. Can you remember the name Phil Klein? Sure. Can you remember insurance? Yes. Okay. Use those two together and you will save money on your insurance and you will actually get better coverage on your home and your auto and they do life too. All right. So you're telling me if I Google Phil Klein insurance, this, this website will come up. Yes. Wonders never cease. This is Matt Demrest, the owner of HomeShare Lending. We're a local mortgage company here to help you purchase with confidence and refinance with ease. People don't get mortgages very often, so it can be confusing. We'll break down every single line item so that it all makes sense. And at the end of the day, if we're not giving you the best deal, we'll tell you to go with the other company. We're here to offer our simple mortgage guidance. This is Seth Fisher from MGO Blog. Over the years, we've sent dozens of readers to use HomeShare Lending, and every review that's come back has been raving. I myself use them to refinance after doing our original loan through our bank. I was amazed how much smoother the process was for our complicated loan. Brian used them, you should use them too. Finding out whether it makes sense or not to refinance or getting pre-approved to buy a new home is easy. Head over to homesurelending.com, that's H-O-M-E-S-U-R-E, lending.com, slash mgoblog to find out more. Or call us at 734-531-9950. That's 734-531-9950. I've got two of my favorite people here with me, kind of an annual tradition, Cooper and Colby. Cooper, how old are you? 11. Colby, how about you? Nine. Can I get a Go Blue? Go Blue! NMLS number 1161358, Equal Housing Lender. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family reunion, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com.
All right, the back seven is kind of the only spot where there's kind of like a, well, we got to do something here. It's because there are currently no cornerbacks in the class. And then just one safety. Not ideal. Yeah. Uh, so, got linebackers. Got a lot of linebackers. But obviously they're after Aaron Scott, number one player at Ohio, a guy who's reportedly torn between the idea of playing for Ohio State and the reality of being in that secondary. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he keeps on – I worry about it because he looks like he keeps on looking for an excuse to go to Ohio State where he realizes Michigan's a better fit for everything he does. It's definitely a heart versus the mind sort of situation, it uh-huh. feels like, to some degree. Yeah, but, which also which could nice just mean – nice to be the mind part for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also heart could not did, be his heart. It could also be his, like his family. Is it's just his like, family because he yeah. did grow up an Oregon fan. And so Oregon got involved uh-huh. for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and his parents were like, shoo, 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 shoo. His parents, like the dad was like the like rabid Ohio State The fan. dad is yeah. Buckeye guy, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the dad. Like the dad didn't, didn't Sam tell the story that the dad like was like, like when he. He wasn't going to come to the Michigan. Yeah, to the yeah. visit. Yeah, like, so that's the background there. Yeah, his dad also made a comment like, you know, if my son, if your son goes to Michigan, you're going to root for him. He's like every game but one. I mean, I, I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no BS. If, if like, my, my, my son is not going to be an athlete of any variety, but if he was, and he's like, I'm going to go to Ohio State, I'm going to be like, good luck with that. <laughs> so, I get that. I'm, I'm there with him. Yeah. Uh, but, so, cornerback is an issue. They're, they are going to be looking in this uh, senior year for most of these guys to try to find someone, but uh, Aaron Scott is obviously a big Mm-hmm. Big one. Big one for Michigan. I yeah. have heard that the 2025 corner class is, like, nationally, is really deep mm-hmm. and really talented. And Michigan and so already they, has one of the top guys. Chris Ewell. Chris Ewell, yeah. Is, so, is, they, so they have I have heard that, you know, they might just take one or two and say, you know, we're going to load up. Because they are going to have Will Johnson for two more years. Uh-huh. So they, weren't, they aren't going to be real pressed, I think, to, to have someone step in immediately. If, yeah, and, and we're on a program is like Cal, uh, Calhoun is actually going to be a pretty good cornerback is the other guy they got this year. So right. there might be a little – once they saw what they had with this class, they might be like, oh, okay, we're, we're not in bad shape. Still – But you do want to take one. Yeah. yeah. You have to yeah. And, and Jarrier Hill's uh, – you know, yeah. they, that's the guy they got this year too. But, but again – Aaron Scott is a difference maker. You want that guy. Right. He's a near five-star at, yeah. at the spot where it's like this recruiting ranking is the most meaningful. Right. <laughs> right. Also, he would also be a head-to-head against Ohio State. So. A huge – I mean, we have not won a head-to-head for a cornerback against Ohio State since the one. Well. Yeah. I mean, Will Johnson counts. Yeah. There was, there was some talk there that he was going to go to Ohio State. I know, but that's that's different. Michigan was defending – I mean, he's a legacy. Yeah. It, it, there is a legacy from Detroit. This is a Ohio State guy from the middle of Ohio. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right let's look at the linebacker class. Uh, guys who I think ha- are generally underrated – uh, except that Jaden Smith has all of a sudden become rated. Yes, yeah, and I, by the way, another three, another Jay Smith. I, yeah, another Jay Smith, but also <laughs> a guy who is uh, pretty related. much in the Uche range when he committed. And he looks like Uche, and like they when they talked about him, it was Uche, and I was like very surprised that Michigan wanted him to be a linebacker. And then I remembered what this program wants in a linebacker is a guy who can play defensive end as like they wanted Uche. At linebacker in this in this this program, like they want the guy to be able to pass rush because they want their edges to be able to drop back and, and play linebacker, and they want everybody to be kind of like a mix of everything, and that's what he has. He's 
got a he, he can edge rush. He can bend his shoulder. He can he could be an edge. But he also can move really well. Uh, and you're going to see this come up again and again. A really good pass defender for high school. And the high school linebackers usually are not very good in coverage. And he's like a safety out there. It's the other kind of quote that keeps coming up about it. Okay, well, that's not Josh Uche. It wasn't high school. No, in high, in no high school, he was playing hybrid space. He was 212 yeah, he was pounds. Yeah, 15 or something. Yeah, and he was, he was like the hybrid space. But he was like Khalid Hudson for them in high school. All right. Yeah. And then the other guy who I think is an interesting prospect is Cole Sullivan, who's out of Pennsylvania. He's six foot four. Uh, he's a guy who Michigan got away from Notre Dame primarily. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the, if you're a recruiting degenerate, one of the funnier subplots of uh, of the class was when when Michigan was getting in on Belleville's Jeremiah Beasley. Uh, one of the Michigan State guys at twenty four seven was like, Ah, Beasley's overrated. You know who <laughs> Michigan State should really be taking a close look at? Cole Sullivan. <laughs> So, <laughs> and I'm surprised that, we made it this far in the podcast without throwing shade at Michigan State well, right now. But know, we got a lot are. to talk about. Yeah, and the thing about him is he's played a lot of positions in high school. He's played uh, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, edge rusher, tight end, slot receiver, and long snapper. Oh, oh, yeah. And I, I think his list of other sports he plays is just as long. Well, there's a video of him jumping on top of a car. Is that a sport? <laughs> No, but I it's... saw the hobby horse championship, <laughs> so I got to ask if anything. <laughs> I mean, are we, you're not talking about the hood. You're talking about on top of like the the actual roof of the car, right? The roof of the car. Was yeah. it was um, it like a Streets of Rage situation where was, he had to beat it up in like under a minute? No, he's in his driveway and he's jumping on the car. So he's literally Mario. I don't. If I had a car, I wouldn't want a 230 pound man jumping on it. <laughs> well, he's only at 200. Oh, okay. So we'll, he, we'll, he's a guy we'll get gonna, him there. He's a guy that's going to be herbertized. Yeah, no jumping on cars. That's been a problem for so Michigan. Six four is a weird height for a linebacker. He's he. They calling him a defensive athlete because they have no. And and again, Michigan's defense, as long as they're going to stay Ravens, they they can use okay. a guy like that. So he's he's, he's gonna be basically another edge bullet. This is this is hybrid. This, this kind of guy is yeah. why all of the scouting services stopped using outside linebacker and defensive end and just went with edge. Yes, yeah, but so he's not really there was an edge. Talk that they're interested in starting him at at middle linebacker just yeah. to see what if he can do it. Sure, yeah, yeah. I they they're kind of have him be kind of like a. No one's going to remember the Ravens defense from three years ago, but like they had a guy kind of like that. He was six foot four. They couldn't tell if he was a safety or defensive end. And then Mason Curtis is basically the same thing, right? Except for committed to Michigan in the dark ages, and it's right. just been in the class forever. And every time they go back and talk to him, he's like, "Yeah, Michigan." So, so the one like real inside linebacker guy in the class is Beasley. Yes. Yeah. And he's like a running back, running backy kind of linebacker. What does that mean? He's squat. I, you would not be surprised if Don Brown recruited him. Like remember the Don Brown linebacker so he's profiles? Yeah, and they they would talk about how his get off is really great. Like you know he he can accelerate in a second and, and like he loves couple, to hit. Love, yeah, a couple of schools are looking at him okay. at running back. The difference is Don Brown guys are never good um, in coverage except for Devin Bush because he was the best at everything. I mean, you can't just say that. I mean, de- you can't just be like except for Devin Bush. Well, no, Devin Bush is the exception to everything. Like you uh-huh. know, humans can't do that except Devin Bush. Uh, but they say he's a really good. Uh, he's really good in coverage. Now, I always worry about Belleville guys because we just they have not had a college success. I think since they started sending guys to college. Uh huh. Like who's the best Belleville player? 
Uh, probably that guy goes to Iowa. I'm trying. I'm blanking on his name right now. There's like a safety he went to Iowa. Or maybe he just graduated this year. Like, well, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, and well, they have a guy at Alabama yeah. who it's a little early to say yeah, what true. he's going to do. So All right, but and and also uh, they. Ha- I don't want to get into like the politics of high school coaching in Detroit or anything, but the guy who was <laughs> like, like he's gonna. <laughs> 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 it's called a paralipsis when someone does that. By the way. Uh, yeah, they um, the guy who kind of built Belleville has moved on now, forcibly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> moved nice. on sounds like he got a college job. That's not what happened. Nice euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> he moved on in the Pat Fitzgerald way. <laughs> his his endeavors were wished well. <laughs> he uh, he retired the Jim Trussell style. Um, yeah, and and they're yeah. So they have a, like a new regime, and they've had actually yeah. two regimes. The interim coach got promoted to be the full time coach, and then he left after like two months. Yeah, so now they have another coach. So yeah, they've had three in the span of like six months. Well, we'll see how it goes yeah. this year. But I just wonder if Belleville is just really good at making their guys look good for the recruiting rankings. That's not the way it works, right? Like you gotta you gotta have the size and the athleticism and then not as uh, uh, what was it, Selden? Uh, the, the, the Andre Selden. Andre Selden the, the cornerback. Like he did not have the size or the looks. That's <laughs> and then the safety in this class, Jacob Odin, another guy who committed real early. Um and I think at this point, Michigan gets the benefit of the doubt with all their safety recruiting because they've done yeah. really well. I mean, he's a legacy. Uh, his, his dad was a walk-on, but like another guy that like Michigan was destined to get as mm-hmm. soon as they wanted him. Uh, Tyree Cannell kind of player. Somebody say Nicholas. Say they they comp him to Rod Moore, but okay. I mean, he's your standard safe four-star safety. Maybe a little short, so he's not going to go to the NFL immediately. Right. And well, Rod is. But, but Rod has like some. Yeah. There, there's some extra with Rod. I, I think it's without Rod Moore minus the extra is Tyree Cannell. Okay. Yep. All right, and that's that's the uh, long and short of it. 26 guys in the class, probably going to end up with 30 by signing day, I'd imagine. Another wide receiver, a cornerback of some variety. And then a couple spots for whom. And then, like, BPA, really. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, the thing about this class is they were shooting their shot at a couple five stars, and all of them committed somewhere else in, like, a week span. Right. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah. So, but just in terms of, like, what it looks like, a real solid class, got reminds, a lot of depth. Reminds me of 2019 to some degree. Okay. I mean, like, they don't have a Dax in the class necessarily, but, like, loading up on those solid four stars in the 100 to 300 range you know, yeah. or 350. And then you, you just, and that's how you build a program. Yeah. But you do want to have that five star. Yeah. You need mm-hmm. one or two like, of those. You know, Dax and Jabril, sure. pretty good college players. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't look like they're in line. I mean, they still could, their quarterback could go back and be a five. Jaden Davis could be a five star. Sure. Like and he's in range. And, hypothetically and on Wingo. And, yeah. And, you know. and Marshall was close to it too, but although we don't want running backs to be five stars here. Well, <laughs> just like come up right to the edge of it. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, Charbonnet did work out eventually, just not here. Uh huh. Because he couldn't get playing time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Derek Green was like so the starting running back here. Can you imagine going to that? And like Charbonnet, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I have to leave <laughs> to get carries. You're going to be our third running back because Hassan Haskins is a dude. Shush. Yeah, oh, it's a different world now, isn't it? Uh huh. All right. So this is a, hopefully our last podcast. I can't imagine we're going to do one with 14 on it again. Nope. Unless nope. something disastrous happens. <laughs> uh, nothing to that. No. We have a f- Things going to start soon. We're going to have football. Yeah. All right, we'll see you for the season preview, you maniacs.
Thank you for listening to the MGO Podcast. I'm Seth Fisher, along with Brian Cook and Alex Strain. Apologies to Thad for ruining your pants today.